Welcome to PwC's Tax Readiness Podcast Series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Readiness Webcast Series held on March 14, 2019, Maximizing Your FDII Sense, the Proposed Section 250 Regulations. The panelists for the webcast were Mike DeFranzo, a partner in PwC's International Tax Services Group, Nini Dewar, a principal in the International Tax Services Group, Olya Stuber, a partner in the International Tax Services Group, and Carter Casing, a principal in PwC's Transfer Pricing Group. This excerpt consists of a discussion of miscellaneous issues, such as application of the rules to related party sales transactions, as well as service transactions. Have a listen. So just a quick example of what Olya mentioned earlier, that a related party sales transaction could potentially qualify for, for FDDEI. And in this example here, we have the partnership uh, PRS uh, selling general property to a CFC, and the CFC turns around and sells the, the property to unrelated uh, party. So if we assume a way that the, 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 for, the property is, uh, is foreign use, so we satisfy that, that criteria, then um, the analysis here is that the, the sale of the partnership is, is going to be FDDEI sale because it's, it's uh, the related party sales rule can be satisfied because the CFC, which is the related party to the partnership, um, sells the, the property to an unrelated foreign person. And I think um, it, it illustrates another concept, which is in this example, the partnership is, is a U, like we talk about it as a U.S. partnership. That's why it can qualify for the FDDEI. And, and um, the, the concept we talked about earlier, which is the, the DC entity, which is the corporate partner of the partnership, will get to take into account the, the income that is eligible for, for uh, FDDEI uh, in the partnership in order for DC to calculate its, its own um, uh, uh, FDII. And, and contrast that if the partnership becomes a, a foreign partnership, then um, when the partnership is treated as a, as a person and, and it's a foreign entity and there's a, a an exception to uh, what income can qualify for FDDEI and foreign branch doesn't qualify. And the partnership, um, if it's earning that income, it's a foreign partnership, then the income cannot qualify for FDDEI in this case. Um, and then I think uh, I think we covered that, that DC in this case will just look through to the, uh, the result of the partnership. Right. But I'm going to ask, well, yeah, we, when I talked to Nini, I asked her about some of the legal concerns and hurdles uh, that the people may have around the regime. Um, what are the practical concerns? Well, as we, as we talk to clients, I think some of the points that you all just brought up now around uh, documentation requirements is, of course, uh, on top of people's minds. Um, maybe on the eligibility itself, I think it's the concern about really ability to trace the property or the service that you provide or sell all the way to the end user or the location, right? When there are maybe in the real world, well, examples in the regulations provide maybe a one-leg transaction in real world, right? We could see transactions that can go through multiple legs and just the ability of um, or the control over the facts and how can you trace, right, the property that you sell 
during a three-year period that is required uh, to be able to confirm that that property is not coming back um, into the United States. That, that's, of course, uh, one, one of the questions that keep coming up as we as we talk to companies, or especially from, from these regulations. Um, and then the, the, the documentation requirements, both on the foreign use and the foreign person, as Kartikeya mentioned, right, that, that will probably change or put different requirements around contracting and not just related party contracts, we're talking about third party contracts and just like, you know, what processes and what costs it might add to the transactions, um, that would be the question. So hopefully, you know, as we see the comments uh, provided to the, to the proposed regs and what we're going to see in the final regs around the documentation requirements, may take that into account. So moving to Fide's services, Carter K, you want to take us through? Sure. Um, so again, going back to the statute, the statute on FDII said that um, foreign-derived deduction eligible income includes income from services when the services are provided uh, to a person outside the United States or with respect to property uh, located outside the United States. So. Uh, the guidance in the proposed regs actually expand on that and, and, and have a bearing on which of those criteria is going to decide when the service is, in fact, um, an FDDEI service. And to do that, they uh, introduce five, um, depending on how you look at it, five categories of services. And the categories are mutually exclusive and um, exhaustive in the sense that any given service can fall only into one of these categories, and any given service must fall into one category. And like I said, depending on the service, it's then going to be um, either the location of the property or the location of the recipient that's going to decide whether that service is an FDDDI service. So in no particular order, um, approximate service is defined as a service that's uh, provided in, in, in physical proximity uh, to the recipient or its employees. Um, and there's a test around that, that physical proximity. Uh, but for proximate services, it, uh, the eligibility criteria is the lo location of the recipient. So uh, if the recipient is outside the United States, the proximate service is an FDDEI service. Uh, property services are defined as uh, provided in relation to a tangible property uh, it should involve the physical manipulation of that tangible property in the form of, you know, assembly, repair, maintenance, etc. And for property services, the defining criteria is the location of the property. So if the property happens to be outside the United States, that service is an FDDEI service. Transportation property, as the name suggests, involves the transportation of a person or a property, um, and it's the origin and the destination of that property or, or uh, person that decides whether uh, the service is an FDDDI service. Uh, and then the final category, which itself has two subcategories, is the general service. And so this is a residual category. Any service that doesn't fall into one of the other three categories is by definition a general service. And a general service could be provided to a consumer or to a business recipient. Now, a general service provided to a business recipient um, uh, and, and sorry, so for, in the case of general services, uh, it's the location of the recipient that decides whether it's an FDDDI service. And, and in particular, for general services provided to business recipients, the location of a recipient 
is outside the United States if and to the extent uh, the, gross, uh, the gross income received by the service provider from the provision of that service is allocated or allocable to the business operations of the recipient outside the United States. So I'll just pause there for a second. So there's the term allocation, uh, allocation of gross income, um, and allocation to the business operations of the recipient outside the US. And the regs now reference uh, 482-9 principles and the concept of benefit to perform that allocation of the gross income to the business operations within or outside the United States. So it sort of uh, it, it alludes to the point that I was making earlier, which is uh, it's drawing in 482 principles to what potentially could be a completely unrelated party transaction. Um, and, and what that means is that if I have, let's say I enter into a service contract, I'm a US person, I enter into a service contract with a, a foreign headquartered multinational, the foreign headquartered multinational has operations both within the US and outside the US, uh, I may now need to apportion my gross income from those services to determine how much of it is um, truly an FDDEI service and how much is FDDEI gross income based on the benefit construct um, and the allocation principles that are, um, that are there in 482-9 and that anyone who's done uh, a service uh, study which involves the allocation of service costs uh, across jurisdictions would be familiar with but uh, would now need to do this in, in, a, in a context where it may be a completely unrelated party transaction. Um, a, a simple example which basically just applies uh, the principles that I talked about earlier. So very quickly, uh, what this depicts here is that there is a US company which enters into a service contract with an unrelated party that is also a US person. But the service involves the maintenance, repair, et cetera, of computer terminals located in Mexico. So here, the service in question meets the definition of a property service. The defining criteria there is the location of the property. The property happens to be outside the US, and this meets the criteria for an FDDI service. Uh, related party service rules. So uh, the, the regs also add uh, a fair amount of guidance on related party services. This guidance only applies to general services provided to a business recipient, and they're intended to meet and define what it means by substantially similar, because the statute uh, says that in the context when you have a service that's being provided to a related party, uh, that service can only be um, eligible for FDII if it's not substantially similar to services provided by that related party to persons in the US. So what the regs do here is um, that they define what uh, substantially similar means. And uh, the regs basically say that a service is substantially similar um, if it meets either of two tests. Uh, one is a benefit test and one is a price test. So a benefit test is met if uh, my related party recipient who receives my services uses those services in the provision of um, other services to persons located in the United States and 
60% of the benefit that were conferred by my service, my original related party service, are allocable or are attributable to those persons located in the United States. So that's one leg of, of, of the test. The other one is uh, a price test, which is basically uh, one way of putting it is if the price that I charge uh, for the related party service accounts for 60% or more of the price received by persons from the United States and that price test is met. Now the implications of these tests are somewhat different. If the benefit test is met, 100% of the services are off the table, they will not be um, uh, FDDEI service. But if the benefit test is not met, but only the price test is met, um, a portion of that service is going to be FDII eligible, and that's going to be determined based on the benefit ratio. And again, the concept of benefit from 482-9 principles. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like more information about this topic, please contact the speakers. Their contact information is in the description of this episode. Thank you. Thank you.